If you have your uh, Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26. Or if you got the uh, church app, you can just uh, press the Bible there and it'll open up for you. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to have a little bit of twist this morning. We're going to not only be in Ephesians chapter 4, but we're going to mosey into the first four verses of Ephesians chapter 5. So don't let that throw you off as you're using the uh, church app. I want to make mention that uh, next Sunday... We've got a a few changes that are available for us in our uh, church app to where you can uh, just go to the sermon and be able to read the scripture and everything. So be thinking about that. And uh, next Sunday, if you use the church app to read the scriptures, you'll also be able to uh, read it there as well as the sermon. And uh, so I encourage you to kind of be thinking about that for next week. Ephesians chapter 4 and beginning in verse 26. uh, We've been on a uh, theme for the last few weeks about uh, focus on the family. And so we're just been focusing from Mother's Day through Father's Day, which will be when? Next Sunday. And uh, so that'll end this series on Focus on the Family. And we've been looking at uh, various issues in the Bible that are helping us focus on the family. And this morning I want to uh, focus on one that uh, I hope is not an issue in a lot of families, but uh, it does occur. And uh, it's an issue that comes from a certain thing that's true in every family. But this morning I want to focus on the theme about family feud. Now, how many of you have ever watched the uh, game show on TV called Family Feud? Would you raise your hand? Almost everybody in here. So I'm on a subject that everybody is aware of. It's uh, from that particular name. And uh, a lot of times today when we hear that uh, that term, family feud, that's where most people's minds go to that game show about family feud. And it's all about two different families being on opposite sides of the show. And uh, they are asked a uh, survey question and see which family can get the most accurate answers to, uh, to be the winner. But today I want to focus not on that game show, but feuding within the family. And if you were to look in Webster's Dictionary, the word feud is described as a quarrel or an anger between individuals that goes for some extended period of time. So when I say family feud, I'm not talking about you just get angry about something and all right, it's over with. But I'm talking about anger that begins to go on for a while and creates a problem within the family. And so we want to kind of focus on that this morning. And you know, when it comes to anger... A lot of people don't realize how bad anger can get out of control and how detrimental it is, not on your family, but even on your health. Matter of fact, I was reading a statistic about anger and that if you have a uh, trouble with anger or have anger issues, that uh, you are, I think it's uh, five times more likely to have a heart attack than you are for people who do not have anger issues. And so if you have an issue with anger, you're going to be five times more likely to have a heart attack. Did you also know that according to the FBI statistics, that uh, 55% of homicides or murders are committed by someone who knew that person very well? And one statistic that kind of really caught my attention was that Of these murders, 25% of them are committed by a family member, which means one out of every four murders is committed by someone in the family. Now, I'm not trying to give us doom and gloom, but I'm just trying to bring us the reality that with those type of statistics, it's a true indicator that uh, family feuding sometimes gets out of control and there are issues that we need to be aware of when it comes to anger. But anger is a normal emotion. It's something that uh, everybody 
has in some form or another, but it's something that has to be controlled and it has to be channeled properly. And the Bible addresses anger. Matter of fact, if you were to look through the Bible, you'd see, especially in the Old Testament, at least 18 different times that identifies that God became angry, yet we know that God never committed sin and that uh, he has no sin in his existence. But God is portrayed in the Bible as being angry with sin and injustice and things that are done against others. And so God's divine anger is always directed against sin and those who have committed sin. So you can either be angry about sin and not sin yourself, or you can let anger get out of control and let your anger become sin. And that's what we don't want to do is let anger become sin. So let's read these scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4 together, and then I want us to look at how we can prevent anger from becoming a sin in our family and causing a family feud. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm reading this out of the uh, New King James translation. But beginning in verse 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, so we'll go on into uh, chapter 5 and look at the first four verses there. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints, neither filthiness or foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Lord, we come to you this morning, and God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that uh, gives us truths that we can live by, that can help us to have a happier and more fulfilling life, a more enjoyable life on this earth. And Lord, I, as I've enjoyed uh, all the things that we've been looking at as we've been focusing on the family, Lord, you brought out some truths that have been encouraging to us and enlightening to us. And Lord, uh, when we look at these scriptures today, we see something that is uh, very important if we're going to have happy, healthy families. And so Lord, we don't want families that have feuds, but we want happy, healthy families and Lord, we just pray, God, that you would just bring about some realities to us that will help us to see what we can do to have those happy families. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise and honor and glory for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I want to give you three truths that I see from these scriptures that I think are essential to avoid family feuds and to have good, happy, healthy families. Here's the number one thing, and that is don't give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of of your family. Don't give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of your family. If you look at verses 26 and 27 in these scriptures that we read, the Bible's telling us, all right, sometimes you're going to be angry. It says be angry, but do not sin. 
And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now that expression about not letting the sun go down on your wrath is an expression about not letting a time pass by. Remember I said a feud is some anger that goes on for an extended period of time. And so the Bible is saying, okay, you may get angry at times. But don't let your anger turn into sin and don't let the sun or don't let an extended period go down or a period of time go by while you are still angry. And then in verse 27 it says, do not give place to the devil. The expression of do not give place to the devil means don't give the devil an opportunity. The devil is always looking, and I believe that as I've read through the Bible, that one of the key things that we see is that the family is the foundation which God has established. If we go to Genesis chapter, uh, in those first early chapters, tells us that in the Garden of Eden that God created the first marriage ceremony and he told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and to multiply. And so that was the establishing of the family. And with that, God's intent is for the family to be the foundation that continues on the, uh, the reality about serving God and worshiping God and being an example to others who do not know Christ. And so that's where God's foundation is at. But yet, it's the family that the devil wants to attack. We can just look at a lot of statistics about things, about families of uh, those who are separated parents, or those who are divorced, and kids growing up with just one parent in the household. And when we look at all those statistics of things that relate to crimes, it all relates to a breakdown in the family. And so one of the things that I believe is the Bible teaches essentially is don't give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of your family. And one of the things the devil wants to get a hold of in your family is to create a family feud or create anger within the family. And so the Bible is letting us know when anger does occur, then you need to deal with it quickly. If we don't deal with it quickly, then we're giving the devil an opportunity to come in and get hold of our family. Now, as I look at these scriptures, the Bible is telling us, if you look down to verse 31, that there are some different types of anger. And as I said, the Bible tells us to, uh, to not allow the devil to get an opportunity or hold in our family. And one of the key things is that we don't let the sun go down. How many of you have ever heard of a uh, female comedian? Her name was uh, Phyllis Diller. She has died now, but okay, most everybody has heard of her. Phyllis Diller took this scripture and kind of twisted around a little bit. And she said, uh, said, don't go to bed mad. Stay up and fight. Now, I don't think that's exactly what God intended in this. I think he was saying, don't go to bed mad, get it settled, not stay up and fight. But as we look at the things of, that can create anger and cause us to be turned against one another, verse 31 tells us basically six different types of anger. And those things, we can kind of read through them and say, okay, verse 31 says, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and malice. All right, they're all talking about being angry, being mad. But all six of them have a different phase that they're relating to. And we'll look at those six right quickly. In verse 31 it says, to not let all bitterness, bitterness. The Bible talks about bitterness as like a root, the root of bitterness. Bitterness is when you have been hurt and it has hit you in some way that's kind of taken a root in your life. You may not become very expressive about something, what you've been hurt about, but it's taken a root in your life. It's become a root of bitterness. 
And the Bible lets us know that root of bitterness can lead to bad things. And so the Bible's letting us know that one of the phases of anger that can develop in somebody's life is that they're not maybe visibly showing any signs of anger, but there's a root of where they've been hurt that's deep down inside. The thing about bitterness is I kind of identify bitterness like cancer. Cancer can be unseen, but yet inside it's eating away. When you allow something in your life where you as a family, whether it's a parent who has hurt a child or a child that's hurt a parent or a spouse that's hurt their other spouse, when that bitterness sets in, it's caused something to start eating at you that eventually is going to kill if you don't deal with it. The Bible goes on to not only mention about bitterness, but wrath. The word that is used in the original writing for wrath is a word that's kind of described as a burning What the Bible is telling is that there are some times when there is anger and maybe you've been hurt and down inside you're burning. Things are starting to heat up. You see kind of the difference of bitterness is something that's eating at you and you may not see it. But the wrath is something that's burning inside of you. It's heating up. And when something begins to heat up, sometime it's going to come out, isn't it? And that's when the Bible goes from bitterness to anger to that uh, wrath, to what the Bible describes as anger. The wording that's used for anger there is really an expression of when it begins to blaze out. It's when something begins to be visibly seen on the outside. And so when a person has reached the point of this anger as the Bible describes it, then you're visibly seeing the actions come out of them. Bitterness has hurt them inside, It's, it's eating at them. The wrath, of the, uh, the, or the wrath is something that's burning inside of them, but the anger is when it begins to blaze out. And then the Bible goes on to mention another type of anger, which is clamor. Clamor is when you begin to blast at somebody. When the clamor is the way the Bible is describing it in the original writing means that you just kind of give it to them. At that moment, you blast them. Your anger has kind of come out in some way. And then the Bible goes on to speak about evil speaking. And the expression there is when your anger gets to a point that you're bad-mouthing. Now, I wanted to go pause for just a moment because I think this is one of the worst phases of anger, especially that can develop in a family. And that is when one family member is bad-mouthing that family member to other people. And it's sad to see this. I want you to listen to this very carefully. If you're listening, say amen. It's very sad to see this, but one of the worst things that I've seen about this evil speaking, this bad mouthing, happens a lot of times when a husband or wife tells other people about their husband or wife, and they're bad mouthing them. That is one of the most destructive things that can happen in a family that gives the devil an opportunity to get a hold. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've learned that over a period of time that no matter what you tell somebody in what's just a conversation between you and them or supposedly is in secret, it never ends there. You can tell somebody, say, well, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell nobody else. Oh, sure, I won't. And then somehow they tell somebody else and say, now I'm going to tell you this, but don't you tell anybody else. Oh, sure, I won't. And then they tell somebody, I'm going to tell you this, but don't you. And it just keeps going and going, and it circles back around. Bad-mouthing. And then the Bible talks about malice. Malice is that point that I was shocked as I was uh, reading through statistics, especially the FBI statistics and stuff, and found out that within marriages, 
that they have come up with this statistic that one out of every seven marriage ends up with one of the spouses taking physical abuse to the other one in anger. One out of every seven. That was kind of amazing to me of that high statistics. But it's when it reaches that point of what malice is. Malice is when you just got to take some physical action. And as you look at all these things, these six different types of anger that the Bible is addressing to us, each one of those has a different effect on us. Whether it's bitterness, it's kind of like cancer eating at you, or whether it gets to the point it becomes malice where you just got to beat the daylights out of somebody. They are all different phases. And the Bible is telling us, do not give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of your family. Don't let any of those phases of anger be those that get a hold of you. And how do we keep them from getting a hold of us? The Bible goes back and it tells us, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Pretty simple answer, isn't it? Don't let the day go by until you deal with it. Now, I know immediately some of you have been thinking about, well, you don't know my spouse or you don't know my kids or you don't know my parents. When they get mad, you can't talk reasonable to them, period. You got to let them cool down. The Bible is not saying that you can't have a cool down period. It's just saying don't let it go on and on and on. Because when we let it go on and on, we're giving the devil an opportunity to get a hold in our family. And I can guarantee you this. If there's anything the devil wants to do, it is he wants to destroy your family. Second thing, don't give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of your family. But the second thing is, don't let your tongue get away with you. Verse 29 tells us this. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And I want you to listen. Now, the Bible's saying don't let anything corrupt, which means don't let anything that can do damage come out of your mouth. But let the things come out of your mouth, which are for edification, for building up, to give grace to the person that you're uh, speaking to. And followed by that is this verse that says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, you can't read that but help to realize that the Bible is saying that when we allow things to come out of our mouth that is damaging to somebody else, instead of building them up, it's about destroying, instead of doing some constructive type things, that we grieve God's Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says God's Spirit is the one who has sealed you to the day of redemption. You see, God's plan and God's purpose is for us to encourage one another. Matter of fact, in our Life in the Word lesson today, it was about encouraging faith. And we talked about in our class about how, how can you encourage somebody with your faith. And the lesson was about, it was, it was almost kind of hilarious. There was, uh, the lesson was about Deborah, who's identified as a prophet, and she was a, uh, a judge. And at that time, was, matter of fact, I think she's the only female identified in the Bible that, that led the children of Israel. And so she was in a very unique situation. And she had told the commander of the army, Barak, to take action against the enemy. And he said, I'm not going unless you go with me. And he said, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. I thought, that's a, that's a commander for you. Unless you go with me, I'm not going. And as she looked at that, she said, I'll, I'm going to go with you. I'll be with you. And in that scripture, it's talking about how that she had encouraging faith 
that led them to victory. The Bible is letting us know over and over through the scriptures that we're to encourage one another, to build each other up, to motivate each other to better things, not to be destructive. And that's especially true within the family. And so when we let corrupt words come out of our mouth, we're bringing about destruction instead of building up. Probably some of you that are older have heard the expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have you ever heard that expression before? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Sounds courageous. The reality is it's the exact opposite. Words will cut to the bone. You see, the things that we say are a lot of times a lot more damaging than what we physically do. And so the Bible is letting us know that if you want to Make sure that there's no family feuds in your family and that your family stays a happy and a healthy family. Don't let your tongue get away with you. I'll give you a third and final thing about keeping a family from family feuds. That's where you have a healthy and happy family. And that is, don't let your love relationship be corrupted by lust. One of the things that, you know, the Bible identifies to us in 1 John, and that is that there's an area that is destructive, and that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you look down to uh, chapter 5 that I read, it tells us that uh, we're to be imitators of Christ and to walk in love. And in verse 3 it says, But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. No fornication. The Bible's talking about sexual immorality there. And one of the things that can happen within the family that the devil can get a hold of and create, matter of fact, probably this has been an area that I have dealt with over and over with families since I've been a pastor, and that is where a man and a woman have come together and they've started in a love relationship and they have decided to become husband and wife. And as they have become husband and wife, then along comes children and they have developed a family. But the devil is very good at taking those scenarios that have started out as love and bringing in temptations of lust and destroying the family. And as I look at that scripture in 1 John, the lust of the eyes is what the devil has used over and over to create family feuds, anger, and create problems within the family that is destructive, especially in the area of husbands and wives. And we live in an area and a time that pornography is easily accessible in it. That you can have it on your phone, you can have it on your tablet. It's something that anybody, I want you to listen to this, anybody of any age can easily access. I have been doing Bible studies before and been doing some research on the internet and then something inappropriate pop up. And it's all because they had put that key word, a key word that I was using, they had put it in something that was obscene on the internet. And so sometimes it can happen with innocence. But it doesn't matter how it comes about, the devil is very good at taking the lust of the eyes to draw us in a direction that's going to be destructive. And the Bible's telling us in the scriptures here that we're to walk in love, not in lust. You see, whether it's pornography or whether it's just letting the eyes begin to wander, 
All those are areas that the devil is very good at bringing temptations that causes the family breakdown. And one of the things that is the most difficult, you know, I said that words can cut to the bone, but when a husband and wife relationship, when they've come together as one, when one feels like the other one has betrayed them and been drawn towards somebody else, whether it's pornography or actually another physical relationship, that is one of the most difficult things to heal. Because it's like that, you know, the Bible says that they too shall become one flesh. And when you join your flesh with somebody else, it's like a tearing away and a joining to another. And those are destructive. And so the Bible's letting us know, don't let your love relationship be corrupted by a lust relationship. And many times those start by wondering eyes and eyes looking at pornography. And so as I look at these scriptures, the Bible is letting us know that if you want to avoid family feud, whether it's a husband and wife, parents and kids, don't give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of your family. Don't let your tongue get away from you. And don't let your love relationships be corrupted by lust relationships. You see, the devil wants to get a hold of your family, but I want you to listen very carefully. Today, I think every one of us needs to make a decision that the devil is not welcome in our home. I want you to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. While your heads are bowed, listen to this. The devil wants to get a hold of your family. But today, you got to make the decision, the devil is not welcome in your home. Can you make that decision today? Don't give the devil an opportunity to get a hold of your family. Don't let your tongue get away from you. And don't let love relationships be corrupted by lust relationships. Because the devil is looking for any and every opportunity he can get to tear down your marriage, to tear down your family, and create a family feud. But all you got to do this morning is make a decision. The devil is not welcome in your home and in your family. As they come to get a song ready this morning. So we've looked through these scriptures. And as I was, the Lord was revealing to me about those six different types of anger. God really began to speak to my heart that there were going to be some people in the service today that were dealing with some of those areas of anger. It might be the bitterness where you've been hurt and it's kind of eating at you like a cancer. Or it might be something that's burning inside of you. It's not physically seen on the outside, but there's something that's an issue that's burning inside of you. Some of you may have already gone in your family to an issue where the devil's got a hold of you and it's blazing out. Maybe it's even got to the point that you've blasted the other person or you badmouth them. Even been a point of becoming a little bit physically abusive. Let me tell you this morning that no matter what stage of anger there may be in your family, in your marriage relationship... There's no stage of anger that God can't heal and there's no stage of anger that God can't remove from your life and from your relationships. And so as I began to study this very carefully, God began to really speak to me about this area of letting anger get a hold of you. Destroying the family. And so for some of you this morning, 
You may feel God's Holy Spirit speaking to you that you need to step out of your pew, come kneel at this altar, and just get open and honest with God. Some of you may feel like that this is really a difficult step for you. And maybe the first step is right now, right where you're at, just asking God to forgive you. Forgiving you for allowing the anger to become bitterness. To forgive you, allowing the anger to be burning inside of you, just waiting for a moment to blaze out, to blast the other person. But whatever phase of anger may be in your life, there is no phase that God can't heal. There's no phase that God can't remove from your life and from your family. And so I believe with all my heart this morning that God wants to do a healing in some personal lives. God wants to do a healing in some marriages. God wants to do a healing in your family. And you just need to make the decision today that the devil is not welcome in your home. He's not welcome in your family. And he's not going to destroy it. So we're going to take a moment right now as they're getting a song ready. If you need to come to the altar, as I begin to pray, I want to invite you to come right now. You just may feel an, an overwhelming pull of the Holy Spirit. And your first step needs, needs to be that you just come and kneel at this altar. You may even know somebody that's dealing with some family feuding, some family anger issues that are destroying some relationships. Maybe you want to come and pray for them. But I want to invite you this morning that if God is pulling at your heart, if he's compelling you to come be open and honest at this altar before him, I want to invite you to come right now. Others may come. Some are coming now. Others need to come. Would you just be open and honest and respond to God right now? Dear Lord, I come to you. And Lord, you know exactly where we're at. You know exactly what we need. And Lord, when I was studying this message, you just kept pulling me back about not letting the devil have a hold in our families. And especially in the area of anger. And sometimes we can be at that little small phase of anger that we think, I can handle it, it's going to be okay. I can deal with it. But the only dealing with anger is to deal with it, to get it settled, and get it settled quickly. So Lord, I'm just asking you right now that for those who have some anger built up in them, maybe some root of bitterness in their heart that's eating at them like a cancer, maybe they don't even see it right now or maybe they don't even feel it yet, but it's working. And your Holy Spirit is speaking to them about it. Lord, I pray that they would come. Lord, that they would kneel at this altar. Many have come this morning. Others need to come. Would you just respond to God? Make a decision today. It's a decision in your family, for your life. The devil is not welcome in our family. He is not welcome in our home. And we are not giving the devil a hold in our lives. Lord, I'm just thanking you right now. For those who have already responded, God, for the healing that you have begun to do in some personal lives and in some marriages and in some families. And Lord, I know that there are all different ways that the devil begins to work in our family. Sometimes it is that anger issue 
I remember as you spoke to me to go on in chapter 5 and talk about not letting love relationships be destroyed by lust relationships. Lord, that's an area that I know that the devil uses pornography and wandering eyes and tempting relationships to destroy marriages and families. So Lord, if there's someone that's struggling with that right now, Lord, if that's an issue in a family or in a marriage right now, God, I'm praying that in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Christ that Satan will be defeated. And Lord, some people will make the decision that the devil is not welcome, he is not wanted, and will not be allowed to have a hold in our marriage and in our family. We pray in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Christ that Satan will be defeated. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.